Ezekiel 33, verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the trumpet, he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, and his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, Blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come, take any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way that wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood will I require at thine hand nevertheless if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it if he do if he do not turn from his way he shall die in his iniquity but thou hast delivered thy soul Isaiah 21 and 3 said, For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go, set a watchman, let him declare what he seeth. If you read on down in that same chapter in the 11th verse, it said, The burden of Duma, he calleth to me out of Seir. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, The morning cometh and also the night. If ye will inquire, inquire ye, return come. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm going to preach several different things this morning, but I read the hearing, I read the scripture in your hearing today of what the Lord was saying unto Israel. You need a watchman on the wall. Many years ago, I was pastoring in another town, and I got a phone call from my father, and he wanted me to come and be co-pastor with him here at Christian Life Church, or then it was First United Pentecostal Church. And I, I, so I prayed and asked the Lord. Brother Ed, Brother Ed uh, Rice reminded me of this when I taught on prayer on Wednesday night and how God answers prayer. How many of you believe the Lord answers prayer? He answers prayer. And I told of a couple of incidents in my life, but this is, this is one that, I wish I would have remembered on Wednesday, so I'll relate it to you very quickly because it has to do with what I will say here this morning. I began to pray, and I, and I needed, I knew that coming to Monroe, I know y'all don't believe this, but I took a pay cut to come to Monroe. And uh, so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I need X number of dollars, and it was not a small amount. I said, I'll need that to pay some bills. I had three kids. And uh, I, I knew that moving would be a great trauma for us and uh, a different life for us. And so I prayed and I asked the Lord. And it wasn't, 
it wasn't but a day or two till I received a knock on my door, and it was from a lady in the community that said, Pastor, I don't go to your church, but my husband was killed in an accident building the Mississippi River Bridge, the one that goes from Vidalia to Natchez, the new bridge. And uh, it's been there now a little over 30 years, but it's not new anymore. But she said, my husband was killed, and the insurance has settled with me. And she said, I, I just want to tell you that I don't go to this church, but I want to bring you my tithe because I feel like the Lord wants me to give them to you. Well, you know, preachers don't ever turn away those kind of people. You understand that. But guess what? The check that she handed me was exactly what I asked God for. And I knew at that moment that God was saying to me, come to Monroe, Louisiana. I didn't just choose to come here. That's my point. My dad didn't just choose for me to come here. I'm here because the Lord sent me here. And so since the Lord sent me, and I have been your pastor for over 33 and a half years, I will preach to you today like the watchman of Israel. I will warn you, I will tell you, because here's what that scripture said. If there's wickedness and you don't proclaim it, then it comes back to me. In other words, if the Lord says I need to preach it and I don't preach it, then I have to answer to God because your blood will be on my hands. But let me turn that around. When I preach it and you don't hear it and don't listen and don't do it, it's not on my hands, it's on your hands. Let the church say amen. So what I'm here to do today is talk about where we are in 2023 and where we are going. Two weeks ago, I took this pulpit and the first day of the year, on the first Sunday of the year, and I talked to us about knowing the times that we live in. In the Old Testament, God would tell the prophet or tell the watchman and warn when some danger was coming, when something that was, was not good for the city, when there was enemy on the, on the way in to destroy and to take the city by force, the watchman would cry out even in the middle of the night. I want to come today not as a calamity howler, not as a preacher of negativity, but I want to tell you today that since we know what time it is, we better be aware of what God desires and wants of the church of the living God. I believe this is the church's finest hour. The darker the night, the brighter the light. I need some help up in here. Now, y'all don't help me. I can preach to 1 o'clock. If you can help me, we'll get out of here by 11.30. Amen. Somebody said amen. Hit your neighbor in the fifth rib with your elbow and said, he said, say amen. Amen. So, so here's, here's the deal. Here's where we are. I, I know you may get tired of hearing me say it, but never have we lived in an hour like this. And the closer we get to the end of it all, the more we see the lights of prophecy blinking brightly in our eyes. God gave the church to this generation. He declared that there would be a great revival in the last day. 
I don't know about you, but I am believing God for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that has ever come to the history of the world. Bigger than the book of Acts. Bigger than what you've ever seen before. Because God desires for there to be an old-fashioned move of God in the last day. I must also tell you that the Bible said in the last day there will be a great falling away. There will be a time of sifting for the church. There will be a time when we will find out who is and who's not. We will find out who loves him and who's just here for the loaves and the fishes. We will find out who is truly sold out to God and who is not sold out to God. I have come to preach on this Sunday morning. It's Vision Sunday at Christian Life. Here's my vision. I see more people coming into this church than has ever come into this church. I see more people getting baptized than we've ever baptized. I see more people receiving the Holy Ghost than have ever received the Holy Ghost. But I also see the danger for the church of the living God. Could I just be me today for all you guests? I'm sorry, sometimes I'm just not I'm just not real dignified. But I'm gonna be honest with you today. We need to be a little more uncouth. We need to be more less a whole lot less programmed and a more uh, sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. We need to hear more what God has to say and less what man has to say. We need to quit worrying about too many programs and worry about more about prayer meetings and a move of God and miracles and signs and wonder. God never gave a program to the church. He gave the five-fold ministry to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the church. Hallelujah. I believe it's a time and an hour when we better tune in to God. Our ear better tune in to what the Spirit is saying to the church. Was it not Jesus himself that said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Somebody ought to shout amen. You see, here's the deal. When you start leaving the world behind, the devil starts fighting. Oh, I'm going to preach a little bit here today. Because you can't do the will of God without leaving the world behind. You can't do what God wants you to do until you get Egypt behind you. You know, if you want to go back to the Old Testament and study today, we're going to do communion at the end of this service, and it's going to be fantastic. But you've got to know where communion came from. You've got to know why. We, we have communion in this church. And it started back in the book of Exodus. It started back with a day that was created called the Feast of the Passover. That's what was happening in Jesus' day when communion took place for the very first time. But let me tell you what happened. The Lord sent Moses to get Israel out of Egypt. God is never happy with the church being like the world. We walk different. We talk different. We live different. We act different. We watch different. We say different. 
We look different. We are different because he has called us out of the world. Amen? You see, Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh, I'm going to preach a little bit, is a type of the devil. And Moses is a type of the watchman or the preacher. I want to I want to I want to use this analogy if I may because the devil has always tried to stop the preacher from getting to the heart of the people and the people leave in Egypt. It's nothing that I haven't said before but you got to know that when you start packing up to leave the world the devil's fixed to put up his biggest fight. Oh, yeah. If you think coming to an altar and repenting and walking out and everything's going to be part of this word, hunky-dory, from now on, honey, you got a different thing coming. You just walked into the battleground. You just walked into the war. You just walked in where spiritual conflict has been taking place ever since the Garden of Eden. And you're nothing but a pawn on the chessboard of life. But let me tell you what you can do. You can join up with the winning side. Because if you read the back of the book, we win. Hallelujah. There's not a doubt in my mind that serving God will help you in the long run. Hallelujah. See, the devil's always trying to prevent it. Let me give you a, a quick scenario real quick today of what happened when Israel was about to leave. You, you, you probably know the story. If you don't, I'll, I'll give you a quick overview of, of Moses who was sent down back into Egypt. He had been gone 40 years. Had God called him on the backside of a desert by a burning bush and said, I want you to go get my people out of Egyptian bondage. You remember that? And so he went down and Pharaoh hardened his heart. The Lord had to send 10 different plagues to the land of Egypt. There was all kind of horrible things that came to, to the land of Egypt. The water turned into blood. The darkness covered the face of the earth. There was a time when men were covered with balls and murrain. There were flies and locusts. There was all kind of plagues that came upon the land of Egypt, but not upon the land of Goshen where God's people dwelled because God was there to get his people out. Let me tell you, I and I got to thinking about this today. I'm so glad that God is taking care of the church. I don't care who's the president. I don't care who's the congressman. I don't care if they fist fight in Washington every day. The church of the living God is going to be my hope and not government, not society, not social life. I'm telling you, the church is leaving this world. Amen. So after several plagues, Pharaoh decided to bargain with Israel. So this, this was his first compromise. Compromise, notice that word. It is in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 25, Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron in, and he said to them, Go ye and sacrifice to your God in the land. In other words, we don't care if you worship. Just stay in Egypt. Just, there it is. Go sacrifice to your God. It's okay. Y'all just go off out here a little ways and, and, you know, patty cake for Jesus. Put your hands up and raise him, you know. But don't leave Egypt. That's not what God said. God said, I want you out of Egypt. I want you away from the world. 
I want you to get out of there. You can worship, but you got to stay in Egypt. You can, you can do do it my way. You know what the Bible said? You can't serve two masters. You're going to either hate the one and love the other, hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't have a divided heart. Either you're going to serve God with everything that's in you God's way or you're not going to serve God at all. Oh, let me preach quickly today. Here's the, here's the next thing. After more plagues, Pharaoh made his second compromise. And I, I just got to reading this this week, and this, this is what Pharaoh did in the 28th verse. Pharaoh said, I'll let you go that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Okay, okay, if you got to get out of the land of Goshen, go to the wilderness, but don't go far. Get out of the world, but don't go far. You know, I, 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 I pastored many a folk that wanted to get out of the world but didn't want to go far. They wanted to do this. They wanted one foot here. Let me tell you what you got to do. You got to plant your feet in Jesus Christ. You got to leave the world behind you. You've got to put Egypt in your rearview mirror. Pharaoh said, you can go. You just don't need to go too far. That's what they criticized us about now. Well, you know, those people are crazy. They've gone overboard. I'd rather go overboard for the kingdom of God than overboard for the devil. You want to talk about overboard? Let me tell you about overboard. The world is crazy. I'm trying to be kind because there's a lot of good visitors here today. But let me tell you something. You can find any color hair. You can find everything from the top of the head to the sole of the foot pierced. You can find every kind of tattoo that you want in a world. I'm telling you, the world has just gone crazy. I'm not up here just to attack people today. I'm just saying they don't care. I said this, I said this the first Sunday of this year. Let me say it again. We used to have to tell our kids about the birds and the bees. Now you got to tell them about the birds and the birds. And you got to tell them about the bees and the bees. And the birds that used to be bees. And the birds that used to, or the bees that used to be birds. And the birds that want to look like bees. And the bees that want to look like birds. Until we got a mess in our society. I picked up a news article this week of a lady that went to the YMCA where she's always gone to work out. And there was a naked man in her dressing room. And she, you go read it. It's on the news right now. They had a council meeting. And they're saying, we're trying to please everybody. Honey, you can't please everybody and get out of Egypt. You got to let the world get behind you. And the kingdom of God has got to be in your life. We got a mess in our world. Your kids are in danger. My kid, let me tell you, when I take them out of Egypt, I want them as far from Egypt as they can get them. If we're going to worship God, we don't need to stay in Egypt. We need to get out as far as we can go. Somebody shout Amen. So that wasn't all of it. That wasn't all of it. After more plagues, there was a third compromise. Exodus chapter 10. Moses and Aaron were brought in again to Pharaoh, and he said unto them in verse 8, Go serve the Lord your God, but 
Who are they that shall go? And Moses said, we're going to take our young ones and our old, our sons and our daughters and our flocks and our herds, and we're going to go and we're going to hold a feast before the Lord. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so, not so. Go now that ye that are men and serve the Lord, for that ye desire, and they were driven from Pharaoh's presence. In other words, this is what he said. You can go, but leave your kids. I may not have a crowd when I get here next Sunday. Let me tell you something. It's a bad day when the inmates run the prison. It's a bad day when the kids run the household. ain't going to like it, but I'm going to. Listen to me. My daddy never one time asked me what the family ought to do. They never, never, Danzy, gave me a choice. You go into church Sunday? <laughs> I could just, I'm envisioning right now me waking up one Sunday and saying, Dad, I'm not going today. I don't feel like going to church. Oh, oh, oh. If, if you got away with that, your daddy wasn't GE Chance. I can tell you that right now. I'm just telling you the way I was raised. You see, here's what Pharaoh said. We, you, you can go worship. Just leave your kids. You know why? Because your kids are the dearest thing to your life. You want your kids to be right. You want your kids to be saved. You want your kids to do the right thing. You don't want your kids winding up in a jail somewhere. You don't want your kids strung out on drugs somewhere. You want your, your kids are your prized possession. The Bible said they are the heritage of the Lord. Your kids are what you love the most. Hallelujah. You want to get under a woman's skin? Brother, just mess with her kids. She'll get all over you in a heartbeat. Let me tell you today, the devil would like to keep our kids. Kids, I'm here to tell you, we're going to fight every devil of hell for you. We're not going to let our world turn into the kind of world they're trying to turn into. I don't know where this woke word came from, but I am anti-woke and I'm proclaiming it on the third Sunday of January of 2023. I don't care what woke is, I know what the Bible said. Woo! If you'll help me, we'll just have a little church up in here today. Hallelujah. He said, you go. Go worship your God. Just leave your young'uns here. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And then, then in the 24th verse, this is what, after a few more plagues, this is what Pharaoh said. He tried to make one last deal with, the, with, with Moses and the children of Israel. And, and, and Pharaoh called Moses and said, go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds stay. Okay, we'll let your kids go, but just leave your possessions here. We want you to, be, we want you to have something to come back to. That's the whole problem with the devil. He wants you to have something to come back to. Let me tell you what you got to do when you serve God. You got to do like Elisha did. You got to burn the plow. You got to burn the oxen. You got to bury everything that, that's been before you. You got to get on the walk with God. You got to walk into the kingdom of God and say nothing is going to stop me from serving God. 
You know what? I'll say it publicly. Lord, if there's one thing I possess that's going to keep me from, from doing the right thing toward you, take it now. I'm going to lay it before you right now. If there's one thing that I have, one possession that I own, the devil wants to keep your possessions because he wants to lure you back in. He wants to drag you back to where you used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to get out of Egypt, there's a Bible way to get out of Egypt, and you got to do it God's way. So, when all the plagues failed, when Pharaoh couldn't bargain Moses into anything, the Lord said, Moses, don't worry, I'm going to send one more plague. It's going to solve all this. I'm going to send death. I'm going to send death to the land of Egypt. And here's what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to give you some divine instruction. And if you'll do what I say, tell you to do, and the children of Israel to do what I tell them to do. It's going to be okay for the children of Israel. They're going to walk out of here. They're going to be free people. 400 years of bondage is going to be behind them. Because if you'll do what I'm telling you to do. Now, 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 now you, you, you may not know this, but here's what God told Moses. You can read it. He said, first of all, you go change your calendar. You go read this in Exodus chapter 12. He said, you go change your calendar because this to you is going to be the first month of the year. This is going to be January 1 for you. This is what's going to start you all over again. You're not going to live even by the same calendar they're living by. He said, I want you to put it down, put it down that this to you shall be the first month of the year. And he said, here's what you do. I want you to tell every Israel to go get a lamb, a lamb without spot, a lamb without blemish. I want you to bring that lamb every household. I want you to bring that lamb into your household. And I want you to keep that lamb for four days. Everybody say four days. I'm going somewhere, just hang with me. And he said, when you've had that lamb for four days, I want you to slay that lamb and I want the household to eat of the lamb. And if the household be too little for the lamb, share the lamb. In other words, if you got some left over, give it to somebody else. With me? But he said, here's what I want you to do. When you kill the lamb without spot and without blemish, I want you to take the blood of that lamb and I want you to paint the doorpost of the children of Israel. Paint it up the side. Put blood on it up the side, each side, and put blood over the top. Don't put blood on the bottom. Just put blood on the sides of the door and blood across the door because here's what he said. He said, I want you to then tell the children of Israel when they have done that and they have eaten of the lamb, I want them to have their loins girded I want them to have their staff in their hand. I want their feet shod. I want everything ready to make the journey. You're going to get out of Egypt. But he said this, when I see that blood, he said, I'm going to send a death angel over the land of Egypt and Goshen is the only place that's going to have the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Do you understand that the death angel came and 
where we get the feast of the Passover and what was happening when Jesus was about to be crucified is they were at Jerusalem celebrating the the day that Israel was saved by blood. But it was symbolic of what was to come in the New Testament because, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world in the mind of God. He lived for 4,000 years. And Hosea, I'm giving you some stuff today. Hosea said, every day is as a 1,000 years with the Lord. Ah, yeah. So let me tell you, they can't. He was kept four days, and, and that on that fourth day, he was slain, the precious lamb, without spot and without blemish, and his blood has to be applied to the doorpost of your house, and it's the only thing that will save you from sin. This is why we gather today, and we celebrate the Passover, because it is the, it is the redemption of mankind by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that is why. Nothing washes away our sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So devil, we're taking our kids with us. We're taking our possessions with us. We're going as far as we want to go. We're doing what we need to do in worship. And in 2023, devil... Pastor Chance is warning you right now, you better get out of our way because ain't no devil going to stop what God's about to do. There's blood been applied to our life. There's victory in the camp of the Israelites. Brothers and sisters, you talk about a possession, three to five million Israelites marching out of Egypt that night because when the death angel came, you know what the Bible said? There was a cry in Egypt like there's never been in the history of mankind. Every firstborn of every household died. Every firstborn of every beast died. It was a horrible, bloody, terrible, painful day in Egypt. But for Israel, it was God saying, I'm getting you out of here. You know what I feel, the Holy Ghost? I feel like God's getting us out of here. Come on, get your kids by the hand. Get your possessions rounded up. Buy everything you can. We're leaving Egypt. And God's about to give us great revival. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then when it rolls over into the New Testament and they're there to celebrate the feast of the Passover, it was Jesus that gathered the disciples around him. And he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And he took the cup and he blessed it and he said, this is my blood. Drink it because it was shed for you. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me, the spotless lamb, the Passover lamb, the eternal lamb that took the sins of the whole world and put them on his shoulders. Thank God that we don't have to go get the blood of a sheep and swipe it on the doors of our house. But we can find him at altar of repentance. And when we kneel before him in honest contrition, we can ask him for forgiveness. And the blood is applied to us. And he washes us clean and fixes all that's wrong. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. So the watchman is here to tell you today the devil's trying to bargain you out of your family. 
bargain you out of your worship, bargain you out of your possessions, but you better make your mind up that you're going to walk with God and that 2023 is going to be the best year of your life. You're going to serve God like you've never served God before. You're going to give God every fiber of your body. Hallelujah. The devil don't like it when he sees people walking out of Egypt. He don't like it when the world is losing its grip and its hold. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't come here to preach to you something hard today. I came to preach to you something that will be good for you from now on. If you'll hear the voice of the watchman today, I'm getting your blood off of my hands today because what you do with this is your deal. It's not me anymore because I'm going to tell you he died for us. He shed his blood for us. Now all you have to do is apply it to the doorpost of your life in an old-fashioned altar of prayer, and God will save you by the blood of the Lamb.